Hey, welcome to the Grow People Podcast, episode 11. Episode uh, 11. That's Pastor Jason, lead pastor of Revolution Church, now 12 years, 13 years, 12, yeah. 12 years. Yeah, 12 years. Yeah, it's Natalie's age. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so January of 2010 is when I officially started. That's January 1st was my higher date. Amazing. Yep. And, and if you haven't heard that pathway, um, it's been in messages. I think we've talked about it in, in the podcast. Probably. Maybe, maybe we should talk about it at, at that some point. That was in point. season one that yes. we did that. Season, yeah. season one. We don't know whether this is season two, episode one, or, or, or just episode 11. So yeah. we're going to. What is the. Since it's a new year, we are in a new year. So mm-hmm. this is episode, the first episode of 2022. Which we are saying 2022, by the way. Yes. We're not saying 2022. No. Let's just clarify. Was, that. was that an option? Well, every t- every every beginning, and I clarify this, I'll do it in the message this weekend. Hey, just reminder, we're not saying 2000. And th- people still say it all the time. It's just 2022. Okay. You know? I, I didn't I didn't know it was a thing. I would just even say in 22. I still have, 22. I still have my Y2K kit. <laughs> Raise your hand if you still have one. Uh, okay. All right. Um, so that's Pastor Jason. My name is David Stein. I'm the campus pastor at our Canton location of Revolution Church. Purpose of the Grow People podcast is to help grow people. Uh, we're coming out of an awesome Christmas message and a really powerful Christmas gathering. Then we had uh, the foundational message series before that, uh, Leading a Legacy. And we just had our Sabbath Sunday, a time of rest. And here we are. 2022. As always, uh, we begin the year with prayer and fasting. It's our season called Abide, but with a purpose that sort of flies in the face of conventional wisdom when it comes to goal setting. Okay, here's what you got to do in the beginning of the year. You have a particular uh, thought process to goal setting and also a thought process to the beginning of this particular year. Yeah, yeah, and I'll I'll explain through that and talk through it because sometimes it can feel, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm a contrarian just by nature. Like if everybody's doing it, I don't want to do it. Um, so I have to be careful of that. Um, but when it comes to I use, I really wrestled with this when I was younger, um, and and figuring out my own leadership because, um, you know, I was surrounded by a lot of like. I wouldn't say I'm a type A person. I'm, a, I'm an AB or whatever I am. I'm type O, type O blood, <laughs> O positive. Um, so I, 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 the conversation that people have a lot of time, whether it's, especially this time of year is resolutions. I've made all my resolutions or I've set goals, um, you know, in any kind of leadership or management book or, you know, culture that you live in, goal setting is huge. And so I always had this like innate thing in me that just was like kind of pushed back against that. And I had to like, think about, okay, is that just my personality or do I not like setting goals? Um, and it took me quite some time and Mm -hmm. even talking with my mentors to really, um, think through the whole process. Okay. Well, why, how do I function? Right. You know? Um, and what I've realized is goals are not bad. Um, I am not, it, some of it is personality. I don't just like set a bunch of goals and then go after those. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my mentors has helped me understand because really I'm more driven by a direction mm-hmm. than I am like a specific set of right. goals. So when it comes to this time of year, um, and I don't really set resolutions or 
specific goals as much as I evaluate the direction. Okay. To value, evaluate the direction of my life. Last year, like what direction was I heading? Did I move in the right direction? Thinking about 2022. And, and that was set up really well in leading a legacy. It, it's what direction do you want to go in? Yeah. Yeah. That was really, kind of, that was one of the points I was trying to make in that series is, yeah, evaluate, you know, consider the outcome. Mm-hmm. What direction are you going? Yeah. You know, when we talk through those, those steps that, you know, in Jeremiah, um, you know, to stop, to look, you know, ask otherwise people and walk in it. Mm-hmm. So when you're thinking about walking, um, there, you're going this direction. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I'm less like trying to hit certain goals by a certain time and more of saying, Oh, well, I'm going to go that direction. Right. And as long as I know I'm going that direction, well, you know, that goal or that mile marker, it might take, I might've thought it's going to take me six months. It might take me 18 months. So therefore I didn't fail if I didn't hit that mm-hmm. by a certain time, as long as I'm still headed that direction, yes. Yes. you know? So thinking about that, and that was one of the things that we did, which we'll talk through more about this series that, you know, or the season we're going into, but you know, we had, we just had Sabbath, mm-hmm. you know, rest. We didn't have our gatherings on Thursday and, and Sunday, at both locations and online. And the point of that, like we said, was to stop, rest, contemplate, mm-hmm. or delight and contemplate, which we did, even though I may not look very rested because I've spent the last two days with 55,000 college students uh, at the Passion Conference. So um, if you're like, hey, this is what rested looks like. No, I'm not, <laughs> no this is not what rested looks like uh, because we did Sabbath and then Sunday night uh, we had Passion and then Monday night... Um, and I didn't go to bed before 2 a.m. both nights. So I'm running on little sleep. Um, but we did rest. Mm-hmm. We did stop. We did rest. We did uh, con- delight and then contemplate. Mm-hmm. And Lindsay, my wife, is more of a goal setter. And so she made a document and we, uh, you know, theme for the year, you know, verse for the year kind of direction. And then we talked through specific areas um, of our season and our life, what, you know, what we wanted to see in this year. But one of the things I, I want to help people, and one of the things we're going to talk about in Abide in the 21 Days is really about the concept. You know, everybody talks, it's very popular right now to simplify your life. Mm-hmm. Minimalism. Yes. Oh, I love that. Uh, which is great. Mm-hmm. I think simplifying is good. Um, but simplifying in and of itself, I would say, is incomplete. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, I need to simplify my life, but simple is not the goal um, because it's not always a a good thing. Uh, and what I mean by that is I can simplify my life good, but to be simple-minded is not good. Um, by definition, the word simple-minded means I'm, I'm not very smart. You know, I'm real, uh, like literally, and, I, and I've got, you know, my notes here I'm working on for the message. Um Simple-minded means having or showing very little intelligence or judgment. You know, so when someone says, oh, they're really simple-minded, it's not a compliment. No. You know? (laughs) But what I'm trying to say is simplify is not bad, but what's better, I simplify so that I, and I'm making up a new word here, singlefy. So simple is good, but single is better. Mm. And by single, I'm not talking relationally, I'm talking about the goal is to have one focus in my life, to have one direction. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going a multiple, you know, a duplicitous of directions. I'm not taking 
what I'm going to call the shotgun approach, mm. you know, where I've got, I'm giving a little bit of my time and energy to a lot of these things. So simplifying is good, but singlifying is better. Uh, that will be a point on the screen, I would imagine. Uh, it will be a point on the screen. And it's a made up word. I know it's a made up word. But I simplify so that I can single focus. Um, and, and the way to think about this, um, and I was one of the things I did over the break um, right after Christmas was some guys in our church on our security team, we went out and were shooting guns and you know target practicing and just having fun being out in the woods. And as we were out there, I was you know thinking about guns and you know shooting and looking at targets and stuff. And then when I came back, you know, I was thinking about the series and the season that's coming up, you know, preaching. And I thought, oh, this is the difference between a shotgun and a rifle. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is a shotgun, by definition, if you look at a target, a shotgun, you know, in the shell is going to have 20 BBs or whatever. And when it fires, it's going to splatter, you know, over a target. Right. So there's going to be 20 holes on there. Well, no guy or girl who shoots that holds up their target practice from shotgun and be like, bro, look at this. Yeah. I hit the paper with a shotgun. There's no, know? there's no Olympic shotgun. There's no Olympic shotgun. There's <laughs> skeet shooting, you know what I mean? But not target practice right. because of course, it, because by definition, a shotgun's going to spray. It's going to splatter. That's what it's designed to do. But what we do applaud is someone who can hit a small target, one hole with a rifle 200 yards away. 300 yards away. That's single. And by definition, if you look at how the guns are designed, um, you know, a rifle, the reason why we call it a rifle is because inside the barrel, it has rifling and rifling is when they cut grooves inside the barrel that create torque on the bullet to make it go, you know, spin so that as it comes out, it's spinning and it's a lot more accurate. And so what I'm trying to say about single is that is we need to have um, the type of life that we're, that we've created grooves in our life that make us single minded. Mm. See, simple minded, low intelligence, single minded. I'll read you the definition. Single minded means having or concentrating on one aim or purpose. So single minded is good. Simple-minded is not good. So again, we're thinking of simple and single. I want to simplify my life so that I can be single-minded. And so when it comes to goals, what I'm trying to say is I'm less concerned about creating specific goals, and I'm more concerned about creating grooves. Mm -hmm. So as we were even talking, preparing for this, I made this statement, goals are good, but grooves are better. Amen. So what we're talking about, or the point I was trying to make about, you know, when it comes to New Year's resolutions and goals, goals aren't bad, but what's better is to look at, okay, what are the grooves in my life? What grooves do I need to create in my life to help sharpen me, to help me focus, to help me aim the direction of my life at one single solitary thing? Mm-hmm. And that one single solitary thing, obviously in a Christian context, is Jesus, is living our life with the singular focus of, I want to I rifle my life. I want to create grooves in my life to hit this target 
200 yards, 500 yards away of, that is Jesus. That is commendable. And we live in a culture today that is trying to scatter your mind. Mm. You know, that is trying to scatter your life. That's trying to shotgun your life. And again, no one, like if I stood up in front of our church and held up a target that I hit with a shotgun and I'd be like, well, God's on there. Mm. God is on the, on the target. Look, yeah, but he's one of 20 wow. holes. He's one of 20 things mm. in my life. Well, that's nothing to brag about, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's the approach that a lot of people take when it comes to setting goals. God is a goal mm. in their life. Um, they have a lot of other goals in their life, but their goals aren't, aren't framed in such a way where they are purposefully created as grooves that are rifling their life into one direction. Mm. So as a church for the past two years, we have been creating grooves, mm-hmm. the discipleship pathway, yeah. leading a legacy, mm-hmm. setting the atmosphere for Christmas, not with a goal of 3,000 people have to attend, but setting the atmosphere so people can come to encounter Jesus. Yeah, the goal of our our church, you know, even in our mission statement, love Jesus, grow people, is the is saying the goal is Jesus. Uh, we've talked about this before in messages. I don't like the, and this podcast isn't just about what I like and don't like. I mean, <laughs> that's not the point. People can disagree with me, and they do. Um, but I, a lot of people have talked about this again when it comes to goals. I don't like when I make out a list of priorities and God is first mm-hmm. and then God is first, you know, my spouse is second, my kids are third, um, you know, my work is fourth, whatever church on down the line. I don't like that formula in a sense, because again, I'm going to come up with a list of 20 things and now I'm going to try to hit those 20 things. And then my life is going to be a shotgun. Mm. You know, I'm going to have a, I'm taking a shotgun approach and therefore, I'm going to feel like I'm failing because I'm giving God one twentieth of myself. I'm giving where the better way to think about it is not make God first, but make Him center. Yes. So again, if you think about a bullseye, if God, if I have one aim, one I'm single focused on Jesus, well, then Jesus is at the center. Then I use concentric circles going outside of that. So Jesus is the center circle. Then the next circle is yeah, my marriage. The next circle wider out is my family. The next circle is my church. You know, the next circle is my job uh, or the culture or the, you know, then the world. Well, at the center of every one of those circles is Jesus. So if I'm single focused on Jesus and obeying Jesus, then I'm going to let Jesus dictate what I do in my marriage. I'm going to let Jesus dictate what I do with my family. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let Jesus dictate what I do in my church, mm-hmm. on and on and on we go. Well, that feels attainable. Yeah. And the people of the time would have said that Paul was contrarian, but Paul was actually singular focused and rifling in on the gospel. Oh, yeah. Well, I would say, yeah, even broader than Paul, Christianity, mm-hmm. by definition, was um, contrarian, uh, which obviously is built on the foundation of Judaism, and Judaism as well um, is... What, I think what we fail to understand so often is, uh, but especially here in America, because in America, the dominant thought 
at least historically has been a Christian thought. And what I mean by that is a monotheistic thought. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we didn't believe in Jesus, most people believed in God. And, but when they said God, they were talking about one. They weren't talking about a duplicity of gods, um, a multiplicity to where theologically speaking, that's called polytheism. Poly means many monotheism means one. So when you look at Judaism, Christianity, and then obviously Islam is included in this, um, but obviously is completely different beliefs. But on the scope of human history, monotheism is the contrarian view. Mm -hmm. Um, Monotheism, which mono means one, so monotheistic one God, is is contrarian to the cultures. Every Greek, Roman, um, you know, any um, Asian, you know, uh, Eastern religion, um, very multiplicity, very, you know, it's multi, multi, multi. Um, so yeah, the contrarian view is the, is a singular view. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, you know, Jew, Jews and Christians were persecuted and made fun of because they only had one God, you know? Right. And what's a fascinating thing is, and I was listening to a message from R.C. Sproul during my break um, on the holiness of God and the separateness of God. And he talks about how, uh, you know, when you, when you look at where religion came from, uh, a lot of scholars, even non-Christians, will say that man, our, our highest capacity, what makes men different is our capacity to reason. Um, we can think. You know, we have higher thought processes so man, uh, in order to survive, we reason. Well, the problem is you can't reason with a tornado. Mm. You can't reason with a hurricane. You can't mm. reason with a volcano. Mm. So for thousands and thousands of years, humanity, based upon its ability to think and try to reason, um, when it dealt with natural things, natural dis- diseases, well, like we can't reason with right. that. So then what they did was, well... There must be a God behind that. There's a God behind the wind. Mm-hmm. There's a God behind the sun. There's a God behind this. And so we can, if there's a God behind those, we can reason with that God. So from a polytheistic standpoint, every culture in human history has created gods that, so that they can reason with them. Because I can't talk to a tornado, but I can talk to s- some being behind the tornado to mm-hmm. try to get them. And then I can make sacrifices to that being. Mm-hmm. So whether it's Native Americans, whatever it is, yeah, it's fascinating as a thought. So the concept of polytheism was created, religion in general in that kind of way, was created so that we could reason with those beings. So every culture that's ever existed has that thought, and so they try to reason with all these different gods. So they found a different god in all these things. Um, But then Judaism comes along, Christianity comes along and says, no, there's not there's not a God, a different God behind all these things. There's one God behind all things. And you can reason with him. You can talk with him. Again, that is from a human history standpoint, that is so foreign of a thought, which is why when Jesus shows up on the scene, the disciples were utterly amazed by him because they said, who is this that even the winds and waves obey him? Hmm. You know, well, he was the guy that was controlling the things that were in their mind, unreasonable. 
And so again, I'm, I'm getting off topic a little bit here, but it's kind of fun because I probably wouldn't get into this part of it in the message. Um, but what we're saying, what I'm trying to say is when it comes to this, well, when we live our life with a shotgun approach, we're really doing polytheism. Wow. Well, God in this and God in this and God in this and God in this. And what I'm saying, no, we're, we are monotheist. We are one as God through Moses told hero Israel, the Lord, your God, the Lord is one. You shall have one God, you know? So from a focus standpoint, when it comes to at the beginning of a new year here in 2022, what we're saying is live monotheistically. Live for one. Rifle in on that Rifle in, you know, single focus. Then step back and say, okay, what are the grooves I need to create in my life that will help me hit that target, that will help me hit that goal to love Jesus, to follow Jesus? So again, I'm not opposed to goals, but I'm just saying grooves are better. Because the problem with goals is they can be this shotgun approach. I've got a goal in my marriage. I got a goal in this. Mm -hmm. I got a goal in my finances. I got a goal in my education. Okay, good. I got 20 goals I'm going to hit. Well, good luck with that. Mm. You know, yeah, a couple things. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast, the Grow People podcast, and not watching it on YouTube, you're missing a lot of great hand gestures. I am hand gesturing quite (laughs) a bit. There was the rifling hand gesture. There was the focusing in hand gesture. Uh, Second, if you're ever wondering what excites Pastor Jason, I mean, you got in at 2 a.m. You were at Passion for the entire weekend. Yeah. Uh, you're tired. You got one cup of coffee, maybe one cup of coffee in you. Yeah, I do have one, but it's you know, it's not. It's, it's not still it's in. not kicking in yet. It's still and, working. And and you're pretty excited. You're pretty fired up about this. Yeah, I'm very excited because again, this this is. Um, I think it was either New Year's Day, um, or or Sunday on the Sabbath day. I can't remember. I have to look back at my notes. But I'd gotten up early one morning. I think it was New Year's Day. Um, or maybe it was, I don't know. It doesn't matter. This is pointless. Oh, I'm like trying to figure out what day now you're, now you're <laughs> if, hearing. If, you, if yeah. you've, if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard some things that are yeah. generally pointless. Yeah. Uh, now you're, now you can understand that I'm tired cause I'm, I'm having a hard time putting thoughts together, but yeah, what I, but the point is doesn't matter what day, but I woke up one morning early, got coffee and I was sitting down, um, in my chair, just, read my Bible, contemplating, stopping, you know, resting. And this whole thing just came to me, this whole idea, this whole concept of single simplify. So I sat there for like an hour making notes, Mm. just getting my thoughts out. And Lindsay was still asleep. And so she woke up, you know, an hour or so after I made her coffee, she came downstairs and I just started unloading on her (laughs) all this stuff. And she just looks at me and she's like, Jason, I haven't even finished my coffee. Can you give me a second? You know, so that, that, that rings true in our house. I'm sure it does. I'm up two hours earlier than anybody else. I mean, there's only one other person. Yeah, no, you, yeah, you're quite, it's like on Sunday mornings when I roll in, you know, (laughs) I'm just getting here, getting established, haven't finished my coffee, and you've been here for 17 hours. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're you're ready to talk. I'm like, just give me a second. Just um, slow down. Just let me have a moment. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was just like, you know, going, you know, yeah. like, oh, Lindsay, this is it. This is what I'm going to talk. Mm-hmm. This is the point that I'm trying to say. This mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to make. Because again, what sometimes, and I've had these conversations with people, even our some of our staff. 
Um, Because when people hear me say, I don't like setting goals, Mm -hmm. um, I don't want them to hear what I'm not saying. Right. I'm not saying you shouldn't have goals and I don't want to be a a goal setter and I'm just a, you know, free, free love and free wheeling going to figure it out as I go. Mm -hmm. No, that's not it. No. Um, although I, I, you know, I, sometimes I do live by, I'm going to figure it out as I go. But the point is I, I'm trying to, you have a direction. And so again, if you think about rifling, here's a point that I'm trying to get and I am angling or angling. Let's go this way on the cameras. I'm angling my life to this point, mm-hmm. almost like a triangle. All, you know, that's how a rifle works. The, where the, where it's fired from where it ends out, one is side is bigger, one side mm-hmm. is smaller. So what I'm trying to say is, yeah, I, I, but I've got this direction. So within these mm-hmm. grooves, I have flexibility. So I'm not going to live my life so rigid. To because the problem to me with setting goals is like, well, if I if I didn't hit this goal, I failed. Mm. You know, so it's like yeah. if you had a goal to read a book a month. And you get to the end of the year and you read 11 books, not 12. It's like, I failed. <laughs> Did right. you really though? Yeah. Like, because at least your life was headed in this direction mm-hmm. and you intentionally took time to think about, man, I want to expand my understanding. And so I didn't fail if I didn't hit that specific goal as long as my life was heading this direction. Yes. And I, and I talk to people all the time about Bible reading plans. Yes. And Same kind I, of thing. And, and, I got stuck in this 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to do the John Piper Bible reading plan. It comes with a checklist. Yeah. <laughs> and and just checking off boxes. Yeah. And I tell people, hey, I would rather you just read John and get it than, and, than read the whole Bible. This and year. read John 20 times. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was one of the most revolutionary things I heard when I was in college um, when it came to Bible. Because, again, I did the same thing. That's what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, Um and a guy said, no, read it 20 times because it takes reading it 20 times to understand it. Mm-hmm. So Ephesians is one of my favorite books. And so I'll never forget, I read the book of Ephesians 20 times. Well, by by reading it 20 times, Ephesians got in me. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it, it changed me. I was mm-hmm. living with it. Right. You know, I was living with Paul in his mind for Ephesus. Um, for a, that group of people. And I was like, whoa, like, now I'm thinking like Paul. So again, don't hear what I'm not. I'm not saying goals are bad. I'm just saying grooves are better. So create grooves in your life. That is good and right because it's going to help you to get to a direction. And that's leading a legacy. That's considering the outcome. Yeah, that's that's where I want to go. Um, and okay, how am I going to get there? And as, you know, I may go, I may zigzag a little, but what the grooves are going to do is they're going to, and that's what I love. Like, I'll just read this. Um, again, we were talking about this when it comes to rifling. Here's what rifling is. Rifling is machining grooves into the bore surface of a gun's barrel for the purpose of exerting torque and thus imparting a spin to a projectile around its axis to stabilize it. So, we have to cut grooves in our life to stabilize mm-hmm. uh, our lives or else we'll be so scatterbrained. Mm. Um, so the opposite of scatter is stabilized, you know, simple. So yeah, create grooves in your life that stabilize you. 
on this course, on this direction. And I think you'll be far better than just setting a goal and checking it off because you can hit the goal, but still go in the wrong direction. Oh, absolutely. You can finish the Bible in a year, check that off on, on number 365 and not have any of it in you. No, not have any of it in you. And then actually have arrogance in you because you're like, I'm better than y'all. I read the whole Bible, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) So, so, well, I think you kind of missed the point, right? You know? Yep. Yep. Uh, so a couple things. Um, that's just a taste. That is just a taste of what's coming in January. Uh, so that's a little flavor there. Uh, if you're not familiar with leading a legacy, uh, it's a foundational series that Pastor Jason led us through in Jan- in uh, December. Uh, go back onto the website and watch those messages. That will set up your year uh, very well. And this sets up why we pray and fast. Absolutely. Yes. And that's where I was just looking back at our notes and thinking about so the point of praying and fasting is to simplify so I can singlefy. Mm-hmm. You know, so the goal, this is, and we deal with this every year, the goal of fasting is not eating food. The goal of fasting is God. I want God. Mm-hmm. I want to feast on God. So in order to feast on God, I'm taking out the distraction of food. Um. I'm taking out the distraction. I'm going to talk about this. I want everybody in our church to fast from social media. We as a church are going to all 21 days. We are not going to post on any social media. I'm asking our staff to fast completely from social media. I'm going to ask our church fast completely from social media Mm -hmm. for 21 days. Don't even get on it Yeah. at all. Don't post, don't get on it. Don't read it. Um, Because again, if I was the devil, and, and I understood that God was one and he gave me a single focus in my life. What would I do? Distract. I would distract because, um, distraction is the enemy of my devotion mm-hmm. to God. So I would distract somebody and get them to thinking that, oh, giving God one twentieth is good enough, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm asking everybody in our church to fast from social media, number one, and then some kind of food. So every year when we do this, people are like, oh, I'm just fasting from social media. That's good. Do that plus some kind of food. Either fast from a meal a day, fast from sugar for 21 days, fast from you know carbs, whatever. I don't care. Fast from something for 21 days because that is a form of simplifying. Mm-hmm. So you're fasting and you're praying and we're putting out 21 days of Bible verses and, and, and the reap you know, for, and, and then actually having two minutes of quiet, you know, which you've been working on a lot. So for those 21 days and we purposely did it, it's after the national championship game. <laughs> it's a week after that. It's a week before super bowl. Right. Uh, you know, cause in years past it's like started the day of the national championship game or ended the day of super bowl. And then people were like coming off of 21 days and then gorging themselves at Super Bowls, which is dumb. Or gorging you know? themselves back on social media. Or back on social media. Yeah. Yes. And that's, that's a, I don't even know what to do with that part of it because there will be the, uh, at the beginning of the fast, hey, everybody just want to let you know, I'm not going to be here for the next 21 days. Yeah. And then tw- day 22, I'm back. Yeah. Again, thinking about it, if, if I didn't eat for 21 days, um, I'm not going to go get a steak. 
number one, I'm going to do two things. Number one, I'm going to enter back in slowly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat some soups, maybe a salad, a little fruit, you know, um, like more digestible foods. Then I'm going to think about, okay, what things did I take out mm-hmm. over this 21 days that never need to come back in? Amen. Um, so, you know, sweets may never need to come back in or they only come back in once a week, mm-hmm. you know? So I think we need to do the same thing with social media right. to say, um, like one of the speakers at passion, um, he gave three principles for himself for social media scripture before social media, more scripture than social media mm. pray before I post. Mm. Those were his three rules mm-hmm. that he created for himself. And those are great. So yeah, the goal is not after the 21 days to go just gorge on social media again. It's to say, no, I'm, I've created a pattern in my life, a groove mm-hmm. in my life where it's scripture before social media, more scripture than social media. And I'm going to pray before I post. Um, I'm not saying you have to do those three things. Those were his, but they were great. Mm. So yeah, the goal is when I come off of that for it to have changed me because I created a groove. And here's what's fascinating. We now know from brain science that when we create a habit in our brain, it creates a groove. Yes. Yes, it does. Because our brains are lazy. Mm -hmm. And once we create a habit and we, we walk, it's, it's like cutting a trail in a forest. Once we cut it, we walk it and we keep walking it. And it actually takes longer than 21 days. It takes about 60 days, um, to really make it a habit within our, our brain, normal, our brain processes at, you know, it's like 60 or, um, six times a second or I, whatever the speed is. I can't remember. It's, you know, but the point is once we make it a habit, it goes from six to 200 because our brain creates white matter between the two. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, okay, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. So if, if we've ever struck, and I talked about this a few weeks ago when we are in leading a legacy, when we struggle with habits of sin in our life, the reason why we struggle with them is because our brain has created a habit. Yes. A pattern, a groove. Well, this is what we do when we're stressed. We eat when we, we turn to lust, we turn to whatever. Well, we've got to cut new grooves Mm -hmm. and that's what we're talking about. That's why we do this at the beginning of every year to help people create new grooves in their life so that they quit walking down the old grooves and and they start training their, and here's what's fat. You can train your brain. You can rewire your brain to create new grooves to help rifle you, stabilize you mm-hmm. to a new target. Yeah. And then you'll quit walking eventually mm-hmm. those other grooves. Yeah. Um, so that's why we do this uh, is these 21 days are to create the groove, a groove of praying, a groove of being with Jesus, a groove of reading his word, a groove of fasting. So I want people to fast every week of 2022, not just for mm-hmm. 21 days. Yeah. So come out of this fast and said, you know what? I'm going to fast one day a week. I can do that. Or I'm going to intermittent fasting is very popular now, mm-hmm. which is funny to me because it's almost like God was like, yeah, this is great for you. And science has finally come around. <laughs> um, so you, you might do that. You yeah. might fast. And, and during that time you've created a groove mm-hmm. and guess what? You're going to be healthier. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get what you want doing what you want. No. You, you get, get what you want 
No, you can finish it. I talked doing too much. The, doing the things you need to do to get what you want. Exactly. And so, yeah, this is going to be hard, especially if it's the first time you've done this or there is something so ingrained that, you know, there's a couple of things that I know are going to be tough. I have gotten into a really bad habit of sugar after a meal. Mm-hmm. A bad groove. A bad groove. Yeah. Bad groove. Um, and, you know, coming out of radio for 34 years, uh, there's two metrics that were really important to radio number of listeners, mm-hmm. and then listen to this, time spent listening. Mm. If you could increase time spent listening, you could increase the number of impressions of ads that people got. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So that was, they heard. That was yeah. key. Yeah. Well, that's the whole mission of social media is yeah. your time spent listening. So you want mm-hmm. something scary? You think you don't have to fast from social media? Do what I did over the break and look at the number of hours you spend on Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. I was shocked. Yes, mortified. And and I I don't post. I, and I pridefully don't post. I'm, yeah, but even that, you like I don't post, but you're still spending time reading oh, everybody else's. I'm reading everybody else's yes. post under the guise of, hey, I'm getting a lot of spiritual wisdom here. I'm reading a lot of uh, blogs. I, I, when I stop this, and I'm going to actually stop before the fast. Yeah. Kind of, kind of. Oh, e- yeah. I, e- took, I took Instagram yeah. off my phone weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Ease, for this reason. Ease into this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be hard. It is. And that's, and that's the point is again, cause when you're scrolling, you know, reading people's, um, posts and stuff, you just, you are giving your brain, you know, literally impulses. Mm-hmm. And so if I give my brain, oh gosh, you know, 10,000 impulses a day, well, I'm going to feel scatterbrained mm-hmm. because it, my brain doesn't know which one to focus on. Right. My brain doesn't know which one of these should we deal with. Um, and so that's why we feel so anxious. I mean, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Christian. Secular social scientists have figured this out. The, the r- alarmingly rising rate of anxiety, they are now directly attributing to social media. Absolutely. It is a causation, mm-hmm. uh, not a correlation. Like, so, of course, I'm going to be more anxious because now I have the information of the entire world coming into my little brain, mm. where 30 years ago, we, didn't, we just were dealing with kind of what was going on in our little circle, and then we got the news at night or the paper in the morning. Yeah. You know, it wasn't constant. Our brains just were not wired mm. to handle this amount of impulse and data this far. You know, this much. I used to sit and watch a game and enjoy the game. Now I'm like, okay, I got to go on Twitter and see what they're saying about that play. Of course. What are the posters? What are they blog? Yes. And that's where, um, again, I'm not saying those things are inherently bad, um, but they definitely hurt your the grooves, you know, um, because people are like, I don't have time. <laughs> You don't need more time. You need more focus. Yes. It's not a matter of time. Um, Cause you make time for what's important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, amazingly, you make time to eat, you, you know, you make time to whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so all we're saying is recenter your life, refocus, create grooves so that at the end of 2022, you could hold up a target and mm-hmm. say, I, I had, there's one shot. Yep. I had one shot, you know, I hit it. And for the glory of God, you're saying, Hey, 
he's more important than my belly. He's more important than my scroll. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I would get, and I, I don't know if every phone works this way, but I would get those screen time mm-hmm. updates yeah. every Sunday morning. And so Sunday mornings, obviously I'm coming to the building to preach. And so I would get it right when I got here and I would look at it and it was like, here was your average daily thing up this percentage from last week. And it was getting over four to five hours a day of screen time. And that bothered me during leading a legacy. It bothered me so much that I'm like, I've got to bring that percentage down. Mm -hmm. So I took Instagram off my phone. I took all the news apps off my phone. Mm -hmm. Um, And then each week since then, it's steadily gone down. So now I'm under three hours a day of screen time on my phone. And I'm trying to get that down even more. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not wasting time. I can't waste time. I'm wasting my life. Mm. And so we like to talk about wasting time because it makes us feel better. No, you wasted your life. Mm. Well, that doesn't make me feel good. No. Well, no, that's the point. No, Uh, we're all going to face on judgment day. Yes. A lot of stuff. What did you do with your life? Yes. And so, yeah, I can't waste. Time's neutral. It goes on. I can't waste it. But I had 1,200 followers. <laughs> yeah, again, that's, a, that's an artificial definition of success. Mm-hmm. You know? well, and speaking of that, and I know we need to wrap this up, but you know, Jesus is the one who from the beginning said, take up your cross and follow me. Yeah. Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. So the idea of followship Jesus created. It's interesting to me that all these social media apps use the follow button. Mm. Following, following. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we've applied the social media's definition of following to Jesus. Oh yeah. I follow him. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. I follow him. Yep. Which means I'm vaguely aware of what he's doing. I'm his friend, but I can unfollow him at any point. Oh, I occasionally like his posts. Mm. I occasionally like his, wow. but I'm not following him. Abiding in him. I'm not abiding in him. So social media has so cheapened the definition of following that we've now taken that and applied it to Jesus. Mm. So there are millions of Christians that are following Jesus. And by that, they mean, yeah, they check in with him on his feed, but they're not abiding in him. Wow. Um, And so that's what we're talking about. Real following of Jesus is rifling your life creating grooves because I have one single minded goal to follow Jesus. And that is a great way to end this podcast, a podcast that began about two hours before we started recording with, do we want to do this today? Yeah. (laughs) I'm tired, bro. And, and it turned out to be, I I would say the best one so far, so much gold in this. You're going to want to, Listen to it again. Uh, if you want a transcript of today's podcast, uh, listen to it again and just write down everything we say. <laughs> as so al- funny. Yeah. As always, uh, we end the podcast with the best advice Pastor Jason ever heard. Trust God and take a nap. Amen. See you next time. Amen.